Welcome back to the DBC Pulse Podcast. This is episode five, and today we're talking about Gen Z. And I'm here with my wife, Meredith Salonik. Hey, everyone. And we just want to say, hey, for this episode, this is for students, for parents. Uh, We just want to come and talk about Generation Z. Uh, not here to just knock Generation Z and say all the, all the bad things, um, but we are going to tell you some uh, cons and pros to some research that's been done about Generation Z, so we're going to just dive right into it. Mm-hmm. And Global Youth Culture, U.S. Report, is where we're getting our information from, and you can find all this information at uh, Feed Youth Ministry Instagram, and you can go to their link tree, and you can uh, click on the research button and find this stuff or you said you looked up so if you google like feed youth ministry one of the first ones that'll come up will be like feed.bible or something and that one is it yeah so you can check that out on online as well um so some some stats i'm just gonna throw some stuff out we'll have some discussion today um and me being a millennial uh us being a millennial like we know what it's like to have your generation just bashed and i think (laughs) Um, as social media has come up and more news things like we hear more of that happening. And so sometimes you just gotta take it as truth and be like, yep, that's, that's part of it. Sometimes you just got to get over it. Right. And move on. And that's so true. I feel like before we start, that's something important to say is that every generation has their stuff. Like there's nothing new under the sun. Um, we all have our flaws and we can all, but I think it's cool how we can learn from each other. And like you mentioned before, Gen Z really enjoys the boomer generation, um, like the truth that they speak to them and just how real and authentic and honest they are. And so I think this just helps us understand this generation. Um, but like you said, this is not to say that, gosh, this generation is the best generation ever or the worst generation ever. This is just the some things that we've found, yeah, yeah. research has found. Yeah, we're for Generation Z. Yes. Uh, we're for every generation because we're Christians and we love all people. Right. Um, but we also know that times have changed. Things just look way different. Um, and so we got to figure out how to navigate through some of the stuff, especially as Christians. Um, so some of the stats I'm going to throw out there, I'm not trying to be depressing. These are just the stats that have they've come out of this huge study uh, that was done uh, over many different countries. So it's a global youth culture, but this is the U.S. report. And uh, it says that three in five teens in the U.S. say they never read religious scripture on their own. I think that's a pretty staggering statistic. Three in five mm-hmm. never read scripture on their own. Um, nearly half of teens believe all religions teach equally valid truths, which Christians are just as likely as non-believers to say this. Um, so they're, they're in this world, right, where they're uh, trying to figure out, uh, hey, can all truth be relative? And can we just get along and not say um, your truth goes against my truth? And so this is the generation that is being formed. And so half of them believe that they all teach equally valid truths, which can't be possible. Right. right. That's a whole other podcast for another day on exactly. relative truth. Um, but wow, 51%, this is another big one, 51% of teens surveyed self-identified as Christian um, but only 8% actually display the beliefs and habits of a committed Christian. Mm-hmm. And so that goes to show you that a lot of people say they're Christians, but they don't really live out the faith. And, and the Bible tells us that Jesus says you'll, you'll know them by their fruit, mm-hmm. right? And if, like you mentioned in one of your sermons, like the way that we, is it John 8, about how like we are, he is the vine and we are the branches and he abides in us. And right. so we know like, if he's abiding in us, like we're going to 
like you said, bear fruit. And also like there's, should it be evidence that he's abiding in us? And how does that happen without the word? It just doesn't. Right. The gospel changes us, changes our desires and affections. The Bible says we'll be a new creation. Um, Man, this is random. Uh, One of my favorite analogies uh, by Paul Washer. I won't go through the whole thing, but you know, he talks about a logging truck and he says, if I showed up late to preach or this conference, whatever it is, and I say, I'm so sorry, I'm late and I'm coming in. I said, I had a flat tire on the highway and I got out, changed my tire. I was putting the lug nuts off and I put them back on and one rolled away from me, rolled out in the highway. I run out in the highway and then I look up and here comes this logging truck coming at me and then bam, I get hit. And I go back and I put the lug nut back on the tire and I get to the conference and now I'm here. I'm sorry, I'm late. It's like you have to come to this conclusion that either he's a liar or a lunatic, right? Because that can't happen. You can't get hit by a logging truck and not be changed. And he says that God's power is greater than a logging truck. Mm-hmm. Um, his love, his grace, his mercy will change us. Um, and I think that we need to know that as Christians. Um, and that's why we're talking about this, right? How can you navigate this world, even if it is a very technology rich and savvy world how do we use it to leverage the gospel and to live for jesus um Mm -hmm. another stat is that nearly six out of ten christian teens we survey don't believe they have a responsibility to share their faith or religious beliefs with others um so we see they're kind of refraining from going and telling that truth and telling this Mm -hmm. good news and we know that's a command in the bible the great commission and i know we'll get to this at some point but our students are being fed this big, fat, juicy, nasty lie that um, love and tolerance are the same thing. So for me to, not even tolerance, like affirmation, if I don't affirm everything about you, then I don't love you. Um, and then to, and to tell you otherwise is, um, is to hate you. And it's right. funny because scripture is the exact opposite. Um, it's like a friend who tells you the truth. Like they're the ones that you love and trust. They're the ones right. who love you. And I actually looked up, up this before, but like the, the friend, something about the wounds of a friend are mm-hmm. faithful. And like the, the, an enemy is the ones that are like, oh yeah, you're fine. You're great. Um, they're not going to tell you the hard things because it's easier to get away with that. Right. And so um, I think just remembering that we can disagree on things and that doesn't mean that we don't love each other, but our students now are being told like, well, you have to affirm, not just tolerate, but like affirm everything about me to love me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good stuff. And that kind of leads into this two out of five teens in the U S claim no religion, which are sometimes called the nuns, the nuns groups, not N U N, but N O N E S <laughs> nuns. Um, it says that two and three though, in that same group, they would consider coming to church if someone just invited them. And so I think the you can kind of leverage this like, hey, I don't want to be intolerant to you because it means I hate you. So therefore, I'll come to church with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but we can leverage that that they could hear the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. And so don't be afraid to say, hey, why don't you join me and come to church? Which we know that that's not always the answer. Really, the answer is through relationships, and we see that through even Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe you build relationships, friendships with people, but finding those times to have a conversation about your faith and about Jesus um, is very important. And I think like the, the, the answer is not just get them to church, right. but we'll talk about this too, but more than any other generation, this is an unchurched generation. And so where are Christians? Christians are in church. Like we're, right. we are the church. So we're connected to the church. So right. to bring someone in, I mean, I think that's the reason we love FCA and all these things that allow us to go out into where students are, because mm-hmm. it's not like they're all coming in. Like when we were um, in high school and everybody went to youth group. Right. Um, and so I think 
Yeah, they're, they're, it's important to invite people to church so that they can be connected to Christians and like men and women who can be mentors to them. Yeah. So that's a great point. Yeah, that's good. Uh, some other statistics is that this is a big one. I've seen that almost every one of them. <laughs> they're all, they're all, these are the big ones that came out on from the study anyway, so they're all big. 35% of teens in the U.S. report having had suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. within the last three months. It's the highest rate of any country in our global study. Um, and here's what's crazy. This was done just before the pandemic. And so you know the researchers have said, yeah, they, would, doubled, they right? would guess tripled. Wow. That would be their guess. Um, oh. And so they, they're kind of anxious to do a follow-up study after the pandemic on some of these things. Um, so we know that this is a generation that also struggles with um, these kind of thoughts, mm-hmm. very dark suicidal thoughts, you know. And when we look into some characteristics and just the the impact that technology has, like we can see why, like we it makes a lot of sense once you start digging like right. where we're about to right. do. And like I said, we're not saying this to, to, to beat up Gen Zers. We are just saying, hey, are you aware? And you mm-hmm. need to be aware. And parents need to be aware. But yeah. also you as students, how to help each other as friends. Um, this is just a reality where we're at because of technology, which I hate to keep saying it, but we're going to talk about it a little bit more later. Uh, one in four teens report feeling sexually attracted to someone of the same gender uh, within the past three months. So we do see a, a growing um just sexuality growing in, in our culture um, and with Gen Z and feeling more comfortable to, to voice that act on it. Um, another one, and I think it comes from this, nearly half of 13 to 15-year-olds admit viewing porn within the past three months. Um, and so, Which makes the other number make sense. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's where it happens. And they're seeing this, this skyrocketing of males and females, guys and girls, um, pretty much same levels of, of viewing porn so it's no longer like you know it used to be classified as more of a guy issue mm-hmm. um so it's both um it says that more than half of christian teens say premarital sex is acceptable um another one is that u.s teens are the most dissatisfied with their family experience of any country surveyed and i think that's a pretty big one you know we know there's a lot of broken homes a lot of tension between parents and students or children i should say um so let's just break our heart you know, mm-hmm. and I want to um, continue to help out in the home. And the last one I'm going to give to you before we really get rolling here is U.S. teens ranked number one in the study for most hours per day spent consuming video content. Um, so we know they're on a lot um, watching YouTube, watching different videos, uh, which is part of the reason we do what we do right now because we know people yeah. are on YouTube sure. and watch and listen to podcasts. Isn't, aren't we also the number one, like, most um – Depression, anxiety, and suicidal. Yes. Okay, so yep. those two things go hand in hand. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to point that out. Yeah. For sure. Um, so we're going to look through this this more detailed study. We're going to literally do an overview of this. Uh, we're not going to go into every detail, even though it's going to be tempting. So we're probably going to do a lot more uh, episodes, kind of diving into some of these individually, some of these stats, and um, and just kind of really uh, maybe get some other parents, some Gen Zers in here, talk about it. Uh, that'd be great. But we're going to kind of give an overview of just, I think there's seven different things uh, that came out of this One Hope's research. Um, just so you know, there were 8,394 teens um, surveyed. Um, so that's a lot. So we're getting some good input and feedback here. So Gen Zer, there's a debate with this, is 
what what classifies you as a Gen Z or what are the years where what is the what puts you in that category? And they say, hey, the most common one is nineteen ninety five to twenty twelve when you were born. So really the oldest Gen Z is around twenty five ish, you know, somewhere around there. And the youngest is about eight or nine, maybe. Okay. Um so that's something to know about. Each generation we know is shaped by unique circumstances and influences that help form um, the generations and what they're going through and navigating towards in, in life. Um, I like how it says here for Gen Z, those influences certainly include growing up on the internet and social media, uh, living in a world that is constantly accelerated and changed by digital platforms. So we don't even know what that's like to kind of grow up through all this. Uh, Generation Z has also witnessed some of the world's milestone events during their formative years. And here's the things you've witnessed the economic recession of 2008, the election and reelection of the first African-American president in the United States, the legalization of gay marriage. Uh, and of course, just recently, or depending on who you talk to, if we're still in it, a uh, global pandemic of COVID-19, right? Um, so these are just some things that have helped shape your generation. So the first thing I want to talk about is, is, is the most diverse generation ever is Gen Z. Uh, so the baby boomers, you mentioned them. So as far as non-Caucasian population, so non-white, uh, baby boomers had about 18%. Um, Gen Z has 48%. So it's almost like a 50-50 in that regard. Mm-hmm. In that. And so that's pretty cool, actually. Um, I think this is a cool stat. Um, says that three and four Gen Zers in the United States indicate they have friends from different backgrounds, races, and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a um, a very unique and cool thing as a Gen Zer to grow up in to have that luxury, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Because now you get to hear from um, different cultural backgrounds um, and different beliefs that people have and navigate through those. Now as a Christian, uh, we know we're called to love all people. Uh, we know that in heaven will be every tongue, tribe, and nation present. Um, and so we know that, um, you know, I was trying to debate whether, I, well, I'll say this. Okay. Some a lot of people say like, oh, I'm not, you know, we're not going to get into culture and race stuff right now. But, you know, they say, oh, I'm not racist. I don't see color. Right. And it's like, well, and they say, they even like to say, hey, you know, God, he doesn't see color. You know, and try to encourage Christians. It's like, wait a minute, no, God does see color. God created all people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's part he, of our worship. And he sees it as beautiful. Yeah. And so I think we just try to be more wise and not say those sayings and say, you do see color, but you see it as beautiful. And you right. see it. And our differences are like we get to see different parts of God's character. Like no one human can embody, right. except for Jesus, <laughs> can embody right. the fullness of God. Only Jesus could do that. And so we were made in his image and um, we're broken and imperfect, but we get to see um, different things about the character of God, th- even through different types of people, right. which is cool. Um, but being the most diverse generation ever, you know, it's not just race and culture. It's also this whole sweeping wave of like LGBT. And we just see those numbers are skyrocketing. Right. And I think when you and I were coming up, we're millennials. Um, we look back now and we, there's like tons of memes about you know, dressing up like the Spice Girls and the like baggy pants stage, like all the stages that we went through of like, everybody was pretty much wearing the same stuff, right? I hate tight clothes. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, there are some that are like, oh, I'm glad that one's gone. And now teenagers are wearing them again. And I'm like, but why would you do yeah. that to yourself? Um, but it's like the we all have that. that. I like it. Yeah, we all stay. have that. So, um, but anyway, like when we were coming up, it was the cool thing to fit in, right? So like everybody wanted to kind of be along with the same style and the same fashion. It's really the same thing. Like everyone wants to fit in, but the way that you fit in in Gen Z is by being different in some way. So it's funny how like being diverse is how you fit in, right? Do you see that? Yeah. Like the way that you get street cred in high school is to say It'll like- be more acceptable of more things. Yeah, 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 yeah. either to with have- Right. Yeah, is to be different in some way. But at the end of the day, like, everybody's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we get into that a little bit later. I mean, um, with, with Gen Z, I mean, one of the things is we know that uh, Gen Z wants to be real. That's why they like baby boomers that shoot them straight, right? Um, they're not necessarily trying to be unique in a way of how you can dress different <laughs> and stand out physically. Yeah, that's good points. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things it mentions uh, about this, and we'll move on to the next one, is um, one of the most common uh, feedbacks they got is that, that Gen Zers, they just don't want to hassle people. And the implication of this is um, as, as Gen Zers, as Christians, and this is true for, for every generation and every Christian, we know that there are some cultural and race issues uh, for sure going on in our country. Mm -hmm. um, but we need to know how to navigate some of these divisive topics. Because they, I think you can witness and see, man, this, this breeds hostility and hatred and, and uh, being very divisive even within the church. And so we got to navigate. How do we do this gracefully? Sharing what we believe um, can be a, a skill that we can form that comes with maturity and comes with help of having conversations and not just saying, I'm not, I, I love you. I care about you. I'm, you. You believe what you want. Do what you want. You know, and we kind of have that yeah. mentality. And, and not just Gen Z. I see that in all generations. But Gen Z is um, more so rather remain silent rather than speak into it and speak truth because right? again with love, with love to speak the truth if it's not if it doesn't align with whatever that person's doing or believes that they are or whatever then that right. they think that means yeah. i hate you i don't care about you and really it's the opposite it's harder to speak the truth if it if somebody's right. going to disagree with you it takes boldness and courage and i think that's some, that's a, something that every generation needs more of is courage right. and boldness um, for the sake of truth and for the yeah. sake of love. And we see this, what Jesus did when he came here, mm -hmm. you know, um, and we're thankful that he did. And he's called us to, to do the same, to not be like the world, to be a light in a dark world. Um, so Gen Z appears to demonstrate a hesitancy when it comes to conversations around race, religion, and sexual identity topics that can, uh, come supercharged with potential for conflict. And so, um, there could be a fear of being offensive or discriminating. So today's teams seem to be silent or they avoid it altogether, all these topics. And so that's what it says in here. And um, so we just want to challenge you. Uh, have some conversations. Pulse Student Ministry is around for a, a safe place to have some of these conversations to kind of talk it out. Um, don't, don't just, it's not wise just to go and just say what you're thinking. I mean, it is wise to seek wisdom and counsel uh, from others as well. And actually, um, that's what we're be like. That's what social media trains us to do: is just speak your mind, like to put no filter on your words, hold nothing back, be real, be authentic. Right. But Scripture tells us to be wise and to don't speak unless you have something substantial to say, <laughs> and like right, think about right. your words and how it, he talks about how it's um, like a fool who keeps his mouth shut appears even more wise than 
like a wise person. Like sometimes it's best to not say anything right. until you can sit and think and pray and, and have, don't just always stay silent. But right. I think there's, this is a skill that we need to grow in. Like, how do I speak the truth in love? How do I grow in like right. wisdom in this area? And that wise man is someone who is seeking wisdom from the Bible mm-hmm. and from God. Right. Yeah. Um, so definitely a Christian. So the second thing is the least religious generation ever. Um, from Gen Z. So it says in here that Gen Z is twice as likely to identify as atheist compared to uh, the U.S. numbers right now. Um, it also says that nearly half of U.S. teens say they never attend church um, or any kind of religious service as well. So remember I talked about the nuns, um, but you also have um, twice as likely to identify as atheists compared in the U.S. So we see uh, this kind of coming about where there's just not this emphasis on wanting to submit really, let's get to the heart of it, right? Really is to want to submit to authority. And so I think that this is beyond just Gen Z as all people, but I think if you're a Gen Z or sitting at home right now, think to yourself, like, man, maybe you're a Christian or maybe you identify as a Christian, right? And, and you're really struggling with living out your faith and you don't really want to open up the Bible or you see the Bible as completely offensive. Uh, it could just be, that everything in your life, whether you're at school, whether you're at your job, whether you're at home trying to listen to your parents, all authority that's put in place around you, you just buck it. You just push it away, and you don't want anyone speaking to your life, telling you how to live, what to do. You want to be the authority, and we know that when you open up God's Word, I mean, He is the authority. He's the author of life, and you just don't want to deal with it. So maybe you avoid it or you identify as atheist. Um, I think there's a lot of comfort, too, like, if you think about this generation, everything is at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, myself, I'm a millennial, but I like DoorDash and Instacart. And I'm like, wow, I don't even have to go to the grocery store with my kids. I can just like have it delivered at my house. Right. Um, so I think it's a millennial thing too. But from we, all of us with technology, we're just so used to comfort. We're used to like things are just, they just come easily. And so it's mm-hmm. harder for us to push ourselves into something that might be uncomfortable because we're not used to having That's to right. do that. But following and, Christ. And being in a crowd of people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I just sent home alone. Doing but what you following do. Christ is not comfortable. And, you know, Jesus talks about how he suffered and he's like, is a, is a people like greater than his master? No. Like right. if he's our master and we're following him and he suffered, why do we think that we would, and not that coming to church is suffering, but it's like, right, we right. can't even, you know, like right. be uncomfortable. Right. So yeah, that's good. Uh, one of the most popular uh, things that they said was that church just isn't relevant to me personally. And I think this comes from YouTube, Instagram, or technology. Th- think about everything that you watch and do on there. It, it's algorithms or algorithms, however you say that word, um, that is being formed to know what you like. So every time you get on, it's catered to you and it's relevant to you and it's things that you are already interested in. And so... We know that from the, from the Bible that we don't just naturally drift towards God. We don't just naturally want Him That's and right. follow Him. Um, and so kind of backing you up on that. And so I think we're in, Gen Z's in a world that everything's just catered to them. And and so it's hard to push past that and um, get out of that comfort zone like you were talking about. So, mm-hmm. And we know there's disciplines that come um, being really disciplined and seeking the Lord. And that's why they call them spiritual disciplines, right? And so. and really, I think there, there's, there's also an idea that you can be a Christian and not be not go to church. Mm-hmm. And that's just not 
at all in scripture. Like no one is going to read the book of Acts and be like, oh yeah, but you can like just choose to not go to church. Now, if you don't have a church, if you're in this like third world country and whatever, but like the goal is always we're working to, to build a church. Like Jesus is building his church on this earth. And so to be in somewhere like Denver or Lincoln County or wherever, where there are churches accessible, like there's not really an excuse, like if you're a Christian to not be connected to the body because Jesus is coming back for his bride and his bride is the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are never meant to be alone. And this is a very individualistic culture. But I think also becoming a member of a church means that you're, uh, it's not all about you. It's about the church. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's something we have to realize um, is that we're called to be yeah. connected to a church. You know, you've used, um, you know, being uh, individualism basically in this culture. Um, and you mentioned earlier just kind of like being unique. And so these two are our third one. And so what's interesting about this research is the third one says a generation of authentic digital uh, natives. Um, and it says that two out of three Gen Zers in the US, here's what it says. It says they would rather be considered real than unique. And I hear, I think this is what they're getting at is um, they want to prioritize authenticity even over this individualism. Um, but it doesn't necessarily, it looks different. So in our minds, we think that, like I said, like physical, like how outside you look. Um, but I think for Gen Zers, they're looking for that authenticity. They're looking for, Hey, I just want to be real. Um, but they want to be real on social media platforms, not necessarily almost want to fit in when they go out in public. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, and I even think about, for example, my generation, I'm just going to throw us under the bus too. Um, there are these like Instagram reels and Instagram stories of these women who like, okay, being a stay at home mom is very hard. Like it is the most emotionally difficult job I have Mm -hmm. ever had. Um, especially when like, if you're gone for a long period of time and I'm by myself with children who are like very emotional. Um, anyway, I kind of think that that should be thrown into like army training or whatever, just to see how mentally and emotionally strong you are. But anyway, um, (laughs) The, there are these reels Especially on with our Instagram. <laughs> They're precious <laughs> and also difficult. Um, but anyway, on Instagram, there are these videos of these women who get on Instagram and they just start like weeping about how hard their day is. And they're just like ugly crying so everyone can see how authentic they are and how horrible it is that they're like home with their kids and all this. And, I'm, and, and you're just thinking like, what is your like how does your husband feel about the fact that you're doing this to the whole world (laughs) you know it's like there there are um like being authentic should not be like the ultimate like we do want to be authentic but like what would really be authentic is if you go tell your husband like hey i'm really struggling and we just had this happen this weekend so this is funny how this is but like to be authentic is to live in your real life and not like on you're engaging with people or you're putting this out there for people who aren't really in your real world, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think we have this idea that like, Oh, I want to be, and and maybe social media can help with some things, but I think just understanding that there is a real world that we need to engage in and real people. And we should, if we really struggle with sin, instead of going on social media and talking about it, not that that's always wrong, but have you gone to your, mentor have you gone to your mom have you gone to whoever it is that has spiritual authority over you and like discussing that first with them where you can really get real help rather than just kind of like this is who i am this is authenticity you know 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's, I think that's good. Um, you know, what are they being real about? I mean, it's great. I think this is a great uh, quality to have, to want to be authentic. Uh, you want to be real. Um, but how are you being real? What are you being real about? And we know as Christians, you need to be real about your faith. Mm-hmm. And so you can leverage the platforms. You can leverage uh, social media to talk about real things about your faith and um, and do those kind of stories. But also, don't just stop there, like what you're saying. Go, go have those conversations in person, in private, because more people will open up in private, you know, um, talking one-on-one uh, with your friends or whatever it may be. So mm-hmm. that's good stuff there. Let's go on to the next one. Um, number four, a generation constantly connected. So this, we're going to do a whole episode on social media and phones. Um, so we're going to kind of just kind of hit the um, highlights here. And so generation constantly connected, and it says at a cost. And so there's things that students said, like, I'd die if I lost my phone. Um, my whole life is on it, right? And there's this idea of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And so we see, we know for a fact um, that we who all have phones and technology, we, we experience that to some level. But we know Generation Z really does uh, struggle with it um, from just feeling like they always got to be on there because they want to miss out what's what's going on in the world with somebody's friend or whatever they're eating or <laughs> I don't know whatever gets posted on there, right? And so they have this dependency on digital devices and it comes at a cost that research is starting to reveal. And it says that one thing that has been um, measured is lost sleep. And so that students are at nighttime getting on their phones and just constantly scrolling and looking and um, that's when they're spending a lot of their time on their phones and they're doing it at the cost of sleep. Mm-hmm. And it really triggers things on in your brain. Uh, we'll get into this on another episode, but um, where sleep experts say a teen who is getting less than seven hours a night is not just sleep deprived, but significantly sleep deprived when that's consistent. Cause that's the time of yeah. life where you, you're, you really need sleep cause you're developing emotionally physically, mentally, like there's so much development going on in that stage of life that your body needs. Like I remember, um, there's like a joke about teenagers who just sleep all day. And like, I know on Saturdays, like I would sleep super late on Saturday, but it's like, you just intuitively know that you need more sleep. But we see that for sure. That it seems like this. Even if you're going Monday through Friday on school nights, staying up till two and three in the morning, being on your phone or, or whatever it is. And then you're getting up for school yeah. school and you do it consistently um it's, it's showing significant brain damage is the quickest way to get out there and say it and we know. also know that um that leads to depression like one of the f- yep. if, if you struggle with depression that's one right. of the first things you're if you go to a counselor they're going to say how much are you sleeping right. that's like one of the number one <laughs> so they said they gave the correlation here they said concerning research is showing a correlation between screen time and an increase in rates of unhappiness depression and even suicide mm-hmm. it says that uh, eighth graders who spend 10 or more hours a week on social media are 56 percent more likely to say they're unhappy uh, than those who devote less time to social media mm-hmm. um, and there's there's more according to one hope's recent research here this u.s teens are spending an average of more than 13 and a half hours using social media each week mm-hmm. um, and they say that hey social media makes me feel sad anxious and even depressed and they keep coming back for more you know, and, and you're addicted. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who are addicted to drugs, they say, I want to stop this. They go to meetings and they go to things to try to fight against it because they know it's not good for them, but they also know where it leads them. And it's the same with phones. And even more than you that, know? even just the addictive piece, you feel like you're missing, like you're, 
you are unaware of what's happening. Like you're not going to yeah. hear about things that happen at school or with right. your friend group. You feel like, like that's where your friends are or on right. social media. And so the, the pressure is immense. Um, yeah. And I like this in a book, uh, Generation Z Unfiltered. The author is Tim Elmore. He suggests that the presence of digital devices has removed the safe spaces previous generations had within their own homes. Mm, so and sad. it's really sad. And, and you think about me and you, we went to school. Um, if we were bullied or if we just had just conflict with a friend at school, mm. we knew we could come home and not have to deal with it until we went back to school the next right. day. Um, nowadays, you come home. And it can continue through social media. Mm -hmm. And you can continue to get cyberbullied or you can continue to want to check and make sure nobody's picking on you that you'll know about, mm -hmm. you know, and got a picture of you and, and who knows what, you know. Mm -hmm. So it is it's sad. Terrible. They have no escape. They have no escape. It's like living in your hallway in your school just nonstop mm -hmm. and, and have that fear and anxiety constantly, which is not healthy. And so I think, like, if a parent were to notice these things in their child, like, I know it's hard, but that's one of the most loving, protective things you could do would be to just eliminate it. Just, right. I mean, yeah, and I know that's hard, that but we learn how to live without it. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, teens, Gen, Gen Zers, they must learn. And I say must, we all need to learn this. So this is not even a knock, but this is something to encourage them and say, hey, all right, try to figure out how to navigate with discipline and discernment. Right. Discipline right? is such a. Um, don't let it control you. You you set aside times you're going to be on your phone and when you're going to get off. Right. Um, you figure out how to discern through what's healthy for you, what's not, and use that through God's word and scripture. And, and discipline know, and self-control, those are two things that, is it Titus or First Timothy, um, where Paul talks about, he, he admonishes the young men especially. Like yeah. there's a reason that when you're yeah. young, it's the only one thing he mentions struggle. to young men is self-control. Yeah, yeah. self-control. And that's something that we're trying to work on with our kids, something that we're trying to work on with sure. ourselves. All humans. But, yeah. um, but man, how much harder is it when, when you, you have these addictive things? Like we didn't have anything quite this addictive. I think, I mean, maybe the TV, but when we or were video games, I mean, yeah, video degree. games are very addictive. Yeah. Um, but it's like, man, there's so many things that are so addictive yeah. that it's almost impossible to expect, a teenager to develop self-control and discipline with these, right. like with all the access that they want to these right. things. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we're going uh, a little longer today on this episode. Uh, Almost but we, done. But we got three more. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to stay the highlight stuff here. So number five is the generation of early entrepreneurs. This is cool. I love this. 75% um, of teens say they want to start their own business uh, or own their own company in the future. I think that's awesome. Uh, Gen Z appears to be finding creative ways to kickstart their careers already. Um, I think there was a study done between 18 to 22 year olds who are already just dipping their toes into making money um, through social media platforms and other freelancing ideas that they come up with. And so very creative generation, go-getter generation, not going to be lazy, sit back. I mean, just having summer camp. Uh, and different events going on this summer, it's kind of hard to get students to come to it because they're working. All of them are working, which is good. <laughs> which is, I'm yeah, so I'm really glad that they are. Uh, so it's really cool to yeah. see that. Um, so yeah, I'm deeply encouraged by that. And it you does know, say that that number goes down a right, lot. I was just like, getting ready to say. Now, what they're going to realize, and it's good, it takes hard work to start lot, your own business yeah. and to be your own boss. Um, you got to push through that. But I think that Gen Z will, I mean, the numbers are showing that they're already trending in a way that. Um, they're going to be the generation that are more self-employed mm -hmm. than others. And so. a lot of 
a lot of these young people are showing us like you don't always need i mean i, I don't want to get anybody i don't want to get us in trouble with parents but Careful. you don't always need a college degree to be able to accomplish <laughs> your goals like if 12 year olds sure. you know um college degree is important it, it depends on what your values right. are in your family right. for education i'm not saying it's not important yep. but um it is cool to see like decision. man you can really learn a lot like on youtube <laughs> yeah. and there's right. a, and there's a lot of opportunities too that, that they have that we we didn't have right yeah right? which is good. All right, next one, six. Um, so speaking of YouTube, the self-learner generation. Um, and it says, well, I'll start out with this one. The average attention span of today's teen is eight seconds. All right. Now, I did see some other research, not in this one, that's saying like that. that's more saying what catches their attention to watch. Obviously, they can binge watch. So, <laughs> right. so once you get their attention, they can stay locked on it for a long time, probably longer than any generation. Yeah. Um, and so I remember, man, it's been a long time, but uh, when Stranger Things first came out, but I remember like they were like bragging about who binge watched the whole season, like in one night, in one night, you know, um, and yeah. and numerous times, not just one. Time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, so here's what's crazy about YouTube. YouTube reports its viewers watch 1 billion hours of content daily and other sources estimate 500 hours of video are uploaded to the platform every minute. That's crazy. Uh, so they have become sophisticated skimmers is the way they worded it. I like that. Mm-hmm. And so you have to quickly dismiss what's not interesting to you and what's not. But here, like I said, they got these YouTube is learning you. And so it knows what to throw at you, what you're going to like. Um, but it also hinders maybe the physical classroom. Mm-hmm. And for Gen Zers to sit and sit still and have to hear uh, somebody lecture them and teach them. And when they're training their brains to learn through video and other different means, um, mm-hmm. And so it says that Gen Zers across four countries ranked listening and reading as the fifth and sixth uh, out of possible seven options for the way they learn the best. So they were asked, hey, how do you learn the best? Well, they were putting listening and reading at uh, fifth and sixth. So basically let being lectured to or actually sitting and reading from a textbook. Right, which you just lose so much in relationship and in um – just interaction that way. I think that's a really right. sad thing. I mean, it's cool that you can. just some things in the classroom. Yeah. There's different ways we can learn. Right. right. Just like boys don't need to sit down when they're five years old all for eight hours straight. Right. right. Um, but also, um, you made me lose my train of thought. Sorry. What was I going to say about relationship? <laughs> there is an exchange between people whenever you're learning from someone else that goes deeper than just learning the topic, but you're actually like building relationship. You're building the security. Right. Like, when I go to my mom's house, I always crave chocolate oatmeal cookies because that's something she taught me how to make. And it's like, it's the relationship that makes me want to do the thing, you know? And I think we, we miss out on that when we just constantly, it is cool that you can learn all kinds of stuff on YouTube. So I'm not discounting that, yeah. but um, I think there's value in learning from people. And also reading being so low on the list is really sad because how do we, like we're one of the countries that we have the Bible in our language and it's yeah. the written word of God. And so we're, we're to value reading and that's how we, we just learned so much of God through reading. Um, and really like you think of um, education and, and we go back to the roots of like literacy and they were like so many of the early um, educational movements were done by Christians. And the reason was to increase literacy so that people could read the Bible. And so like our, even our goal as parents, like my goal is not to teach our kids to read just so they can learn to read, but it's like, so they can read the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, um, a discipline that we need to bring back and we need to, and, and just know like, okay, this isn't going to be something natural for me if I'm in Gen Z because of 
the world I live in, but like I need to work towards that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's good. We are called to read the word, be in the word. So we need to push through that. Uh, it says that three and five teens in the U.S. say YouTube is their number one preferred learning method. All right. Um, and they give these impl- implications in the study at the end. And I'm going to mention this before we get to our last one. Remember, information access is not the problem for Gen Z. Right. That's not the problem for the Gen Zers. Okay. You have a lot of information. Today's teens have more knowledge available to them on the smartphone in their pocket than they could ever hope to need in a lifetime. But they don't necessarily have the life experience they need to turn that knowledge into wisdom. And I know Gen Zers are like, what do you mean? I'm 18. (laughs) You know, uh, there's a lot of life to live and experience to get through. Um, And I'm not saying you don't have any wisdom. I'm not saying you don't know anything. All right. But I'm saying for Gen Zers, maybe it'd be best to seek some wisdom and counsel in this. Um, Gen Zers, you guys still need help. You still need people to navigate, help you like bounce off ideas and um, leaders to kind of mentors to press in and just kind of keep you accountable and talk about some things. Mm-hmm. Not to tell you what to do, but you just to process it with people. Um, and it, the Bible is clear on this. You know, it says in uh, Proverbs um, chapter 3, verse 7 says, Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away uh, from evil. Um, you got that one you got in Proverbs 13. Um, you know, this is a father writing to a son, a lot of uh, wisdom things here. It says, A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And so we just, you know, we got Titus 2 older men teach younger men, older women teach younger women. So there's a sense where, as a Christian, we should be seeking men and women that are older than us, um, who live longer, who may have some more wisdom, and maybe not the things that like Gen Zers are like, yeah, but I know way more than my parents. Maybe about YouTube, <laughs> but maybe not about some other things. Or if they're, if your parents are Christians, maybe not the, about the Word of God and who God is. Um, last one, we'll close it up, is number seven is they are, Gen Z is an ambitious generation. All right. It says that two and five say that professional and educational achievement is most important to their sense of self and then the first generation to rank those things higher than family. Wow. Um, which is very interesting. More than half of Gen Zers worldwide expect to be promoted at their jobs at least once a year. Um, once a year? Yeah, once a year. Oh my gosh. More than half. <laughs> that doesn't really happen. But uh, if you own your own business, you can promote yourself how you want. That's true. <laughs> once a year. Um, <laughs> so there's very interesting stats right there that the professional educational achievement is more important um, to their self-worth than, than the importance of family, you know? And so uh, that alarms me a little bit, you know, there's ups and downs to every generation. And I think this generation as a Gen Z, you may need to rethink that, Um, you know, family is important. And, you know, I think you have to think through if you're going to go after these professional educational achievements. Yeah. Something has to be sacrificed. You can't have, Mm -hmm. Richness in both necessarily. What is eternal? Um, That's something we talk about with our kids. Right. Toys break. And the phrase in our house is things are not forever. Accomplishments are not forever. In heaven, the accomplishment we'll get, the crown of life, what are we going to do with it? Cast it at Jesus' feet. What's eternal is the souls of people. Right. And And they they asked him the question, what is maturity? And they looked at maturity not as emotional maturity, but financial uh, maturity. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, well, how they were security sorry financial mm-hmm. security leads to maturity in life basically like if you have a lot of money you are considered mature in this world um it's very interesting 
Um, Gen Z's correlation between money and maturity may help explain their drive to land in high-paying careers and save money starting at a young age and trying to be entrepreneurial at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, It's also possible that Gen Z ranks emotional maturity as lower priority because they already perceive themselves as mature. <laughs> That's another thing. All right. Uh, but we've all kind of done that, right? When you're a teenager, you kind of everybody start, thinks they know everything. Right. I mean, we were teenagers. Yeah. We thought we, we were mature. Right. Um, living in a digital age has given Gen Z unprecedented access to information and answers on any possible topic. So more than three in four Gen Zers in the U.S. say that because of social media, they know more than their parents about important issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it says that nearly half of U.S. teens believe they are already an expert on something. And some generational observer are, are suggesting that Gen Z's easy access to answers may be contributing to a sense of artificial maturity. Uh, so think, let me just say the last thought. Yeah. Just because your mind can take it in does not mean your emotions and, and they will be uh, prepared to act on the information in a meaningful way. Um, so I thought that was pretty good. And I know we need to wrap it up. This is going yes. long. But I, I think another thing about Gen Z is that they know maybe too much. Like Right. We know all about global news about like by the minute we have updates on our phone about everything. And it's like, were we truly meant to bear the weight of the entire world? So just because we know all these things, like that doesn't always depression and anxiety. That's part of why everybody's so depressed. It's like, man, look at everything terrible happening in the world. Every possible thing that could happen. And so I think that doesn't always equate to maturity and, and, and only God can bear the weight of the entire world. We can't. So yeah, there's going to be some, there are implications in, of that. Exactly. We just need to help translate knowledge into wisdom and information into meaning. Because having a lot of information don't mean it means, what does it mean? Right. The Bible gives us the meaning, the purpose of life, that we are sojourners through this world called on one mission to share the gospel, right? And to be a light in this dark world. So there's our a little more detailed overview, but we would like to stop back through and, and, and camp out on some of these things. A lot of good stuff to talk about um and so, parents and students at home if there's something we hit on that you would like to hear us go into more depth about let us about know we'd love yeah. to unpack that in yeah. a later episode and all you parents out there we want you to know that pulse student ministry we're here for you and so all these uh topics that we covered here today uh feel free to reach out to us about any of them and also all you gen zers all you students uh feel free to do the same we love to hear how you're navigating through some of these things and we want to listen to you and how you're doing um but this is episode five, and we're wrapping this up. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you haven't checked out all of our other episodes, feel free uh, to check them out. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, um, you can hit subscri- uh, sub- subscribe. Say? Subscribe. Subscribe. Uh, hit the subscribe button. And then also, if you're listening to us, uh, you can listen to us on Spotify and Amazon. Uh, feel free to watch us there. I mean, not listen, not just listen. <laughs> it's been a long episode, guys. I'm it was sorry. so good to have you. Uh, to listen to us on there. Uh, but please join us for episode six because when I close these things down, it's just a challenge for me. All right. We love you guys. Hope you're enjoying this podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. <laughs>